0: Hi, hello, and welcome to Oh Boy, the podcast presented by Man Repeller. I'm your host, Jay Bume, and I'm very excited to say that you are listening to our 50th episode of Oh Boy. I want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening, sharing this with friends, and, and reaching out about how they've enjoyed this podcast. It, it really means a lot. It's been such an inspiring and educational experience, and I couldn't think of anyone else who could be a more perfect guest for our 50th episode. Than sarah jones for those who don't know sarah is a tony and obie award-winning playwright and performer whose new show sell by date just finished a run in new york city and she is currently appearing around the country performing this new work she also has a podcast coming out soon titled play date with sarah jones which you should also look out for And to get info on her upcoming performances and news about the podcast, head over to sarahjonesonline.com to stay up to date. I, I cannot recommend seeing her perform live enough, and I was truly in awe during our entire conversation. In fact, we had such a great conversation that we're going to be splitting it into two episodes, and the second part will be out next Wednesday, so please look out for that. Since it's our 50th episode, I would also like to thank Leandra and everybody at Man Repeller for giving me the opportunity to put the show out there. I especially want to thank Yvonne for making sure the episodes are uploaded in time, Elizabeth for taking care of all the scheduling logistics, and Kate for producing and editing this thing and making sure I sound like I talk good. Before we get into it, I am also very excited to announce that Man Repeller has a new podcast, The Call, hosted by former political strategist Erica Williams-Simon, where she hosts intimate conversations with women who have answered their own call. What are the costs and challenges of taking the leap, of living your politics, of being unapologetic? How do you go from wishful thinking to real impact? What is the journey really like? You should definitely check it out and give it a listen. Okay, episode 50, part 1, with Sarah Jones. Let's get into it. When we we had to go to a wedding in West Virginia this summer, and Mm -hmm. when we were driving over there, I remember like stopping at, you know, they have those little like antique malls on the side of the road that you would stop at and Mm -hmm, stuff, mm -hmm, where like everybody mm -hmm. has their own little stalls, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. You know, they had, there was like people selling a lot of like old, like racist figurines. Yeah. Yeah. And I can remember like growing up even in New Jersey seeing that shit around. I
1: I mean, I think also in this weird way, like black people reappropriated some of that Mm. stuff. Like, you know, I like, um, I have friends who are filmmakers or, you know, writers or whatever. And it was sort of this reclaiming of that culture. Um, was that, that was like, like bamboozled? Kind of yes. about that. Yes, I mean, yes. I would say um, an, an even better example might be um, there was a book. I think it was called celluloid mam Ceram Yeah, celluloid ceramic mammies and celluloid uncles. Something like this, and it's that culture. People started collecting. Black people once they could afford it, and you know there was a critical mass of um, bohemian, uh, you know, artist artistic intellectuals thinking about these things. Yes, that's what you want. (laughs) There's Gary. Um, Then they started buying them. And I was one of them. I had posters. Yeah, sure. I had like, you know, the... um, There's actually... I went out and did a performance in Santa Barbara where I'm going again. And this is a crazy thing. Yeah. They had a restaurant called Sambo's. And I remember thinking, that's quaint. And then, then somebody helped me understand that Sambos was the origin for Denny's. So every time I've ever had a drunk, you know, milkshake and cheese fries night out after the club at Denny's, I've been supporting what was really Sambos, but that they changed the name and the, you know branding. Yeah,
0: they talk about that. Do you remember see the movie Ghost World?
1: I never saw Ghost okay, World. So they like, talk about it. In yeah,
0: because like Steve Buscemi's character is this guy who's kind of obsessed with that oh, older, yeah. I and he's right, right, and right, right. like he has this like advertisement from like you know he works at a denny style mm-hmm, place, and mm-hmm. it used to be like, uh, it used to be called that. Like, it was like Church's Chicken, and it used right. to be called like Coons Chicken, right, 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 And like she gets, it starts this whole thing, but it's I like yeah, see Ghost World. I'm thank you so much for coming to do this. I'm so excited. You are episode fifty.
1: Sweet, I love a nice round number. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Queens. Okay. So what neighborhood? Similar. Um, so that's when it gets fun. So my mother's family's from Jamaica, like the hood. And when we moved, my mother, you know, I spent summers and like every holiday with my relatives because that's how we did it. And in Jamaica. um, In Jamaica. Um, so I was very Jamaica, Queens oriented, uh, without intending to be, it was just, you know, inherited. And I had spent my formative years moving around with my parents. So I'll say this. So I grew up in Queens, but my, pa- so my parents met in college in Baltimore.
0: Okay, I love Baltimore. I
1: love Baltimore too. Um, I have to love it. It's on my birth certificate. Also, so my dad's family's from there. And so those two cities, New York and Baltimore, are really my. um, When I close my eyes and think about, you know, sort of my uh, origins, Mm -hmm. I think of those two cities. They met as undergrads on Johns Hopkins campus. And then I was born there. Like I was literally on a brochure with my. Great hospital. Great hospital. hospital I I made it. It's great. But um, also. My dad, so they were, my father was part of the first class with a critical mass of black people in it ever, and my mother was part of the first class of women ever allowed to live on campus. Really? Yes, and so the kind of women's movement and the, you know, civil rights movement collide in this image of my parents, this... White skinned woman with this black skinned man and this little baby. Yeah. That's a, I, I gotta find that brochure. It's bumping around somewhere.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about that?
1: It's interesting. I mean, you know, it kind of feels like a, a one picture that encapsulates a lot. It, it explains a lot about who I am and how I came to be yeah. here and why I feel probably not unlike Obama. I what what strikes me about him, and I think other people who come from you know disparate backgrounds or don't look like you know the culture that they may identify with quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this sense that everybody is my rel- my relation. Everybody, mm. and so there can be errant uncles, there can be dastardly you know daughters, and you know suspicious sisters but everybody's still a family member. And I think it can I love Obama. I'm so, you know, I'm it's been like an incredible part of my career to get to go perform at the White House wow. and all of this amazing proximity to the, you know, the executive branch that millions of ordinary people ended up having because the obamas invited us in i mean i got to be there live and perform but everybody got to like live stream you know watch concerts that they were having as a family i mean it's just they made it the people's white house yeah and i think they really tried to make it all the people's white house in part because i think obama identifies with all the people and i think that also has its drawbacks i think there's something about um, that level of diplomacy and being such a decent human being that makes one very vulnerable in a well, of climate like this. Yes, because
0: if if you're open, right. if you don't put up a wall, right. like you know, to like put up like a false sense of like a disconnect, right, right, which some people like interpret as power. Right, which is not.
1: Not it's you know
0: so right. yeah it's like you open yourself up to that criticism, right. but that comes you know it's like the that, the bad comes with the good, right? You know? And I, right. I think I think like you know them being like a, a, a like the the you know the figureheads of our country being like this like aspirational just like amazing. Just, you know, I th- what I think about all the time is, I and I'm like, what what's going to happen when we have that first, like, there's going to be, like, a first national tragedy while Donald Wait, Trump's being it president. It already happened. What the f- no, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm what, kidding, like, kidding, what kidding. is he yeah. going to say? I know he's going to Like, gonna, what, like what kind of, like, class and perspective yeah. Yeah. and, like, and, and just, like, warmth and reassurance right. is he going to bring to us? Right. Uh, he's yeah. not. Because we've had, like, the best right. for the past eight years. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, hopefully everybody's got uh, good, you know, storage of, like, we just need to have, hopefully everybody banked their Obama time. And I'm including the people who didn't vote for him, because I think there are a lot of people out there with buyer's remorse. And, you know, it's funny, I've been performing my work now professionally for 16 years. I I really, you know, my first one-woman show, um, actually it was 99, so it'll be 17 years. Um, But I started out performing in New York, you know, where I'm from, And there was this sense of, um, of course, a sense of hope and possibility because that's what New York is, right? Mm -hmm. People come there to make it. People um, come come there, come here um, with knowing that their apartment is filled with the ghosts of immigrants and, you know, uh, people who literally came here fleeing, um, you know, civil unrest in their countries and then are able to come here and rise – you know, to the point where their kids' lives look nothing like their own. There's something so poetic and beautiful about this city. And so my characters come from my real background. They, Some of them are here, so they're probably going to talk. But they <laughs> please, please. Um, are really struggling with this transition to this new predator-elect, as A predator I've heard him elect. called. And um, I didn't make that up. I just heard it and loved it. It's, it's great. But I'm going to – so.
2: So hi, right, so we're here. Now, I, we you've met me before, but my name is Lorraine Levine, and I want to start off by saying Sarah Jones, who you just met. She's a very nice young black performer, and, um, you know, thank God. Now, people, sometimes they worry that I say she's black. She's, she calls herself black, you know. And, you know, the Obamas, they showed us that there's nothing wrong with that. And I think we're in a time now when people were finally starting to say, this is who I am. Now, you have to understand, my family came here from Eastern Europe, okay? Uh, This, all of this, where we are here in New York, my family would have, uh, I mean, to think nowadays, my grandchildren, soon my great-grandchildren wanna live for a fortune (laughs) On the same Lower East Side that we couldn't wait to get away from those. I mean, it was like a ghetto, you know. But now I don't know what's going to happen. I've lived through a lot. I've seen a lot. I know you had Gloria Steinem on your program. I love her. And Sarah Jones, you know, I get to see Gloria sometimes because Sarah loves Gloria. We're around the same I'm a little older than Gloria. Doesn't she look wonderful? Fantastic. But the thing about it is I said to her, and, and she said this too, we're in uncharted territory, and I, I've lived through, uh, you know, it's unimaginable for young people like you, a hungry belly. Can you imagine? And um, now I worry. There are young kids growing up who feel the level of insecurity and fear because they're Muslim or they're from a background where they worry, will my mommy or my daddy get taken away, you know, by a, um, what is it that they're talking about? A, the, uh, a, like a, a, a registration yes, a regi- yeah. I know from that kind of treatment because of your faith or your background. So I do. I, I, um, it's not an easy time. That's all I wanted to say. And sometimes the best thing we can do is don't be nice about it. The time for being nice
0: is past. Okay, I just have to say something. And, like, whenever yeah. you do that character, and it's, it's so crazy to be just, like, sitting so close to you while you're doing it <laughs> because I'm getting the chills because, like, that was, like, my great-grandmother I grew up with. Oh. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like that, I, Me too, right? Me yeah. too. That's why she's That's, here. It's,
0: like, so real down to the glass. Like, it's just, it's it's fucking uncanny. Mm-hmm. Like, I've you know, like, I'm I'm getting, I have like the chills from just like being Aww. like it's 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 unbelievable. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, I really enjoyed that. Like every everything, yes. Like coming from Eastern Europe, you yeah. know, coming here, like yes, like like I've had that conversation. They're like, people pay what to live on the Lower East Side? Like it's real. It's I know. fucking real. I know. And it's so good. It's so good. But so, so you, so you said you were growing up all over the place. Yeah. You, was your family,
1: why was your family moving around? Yeah, they were students. They are students. So my mom, when my mom met my dad, she was 16 and he was 18. Okay. Uh, when I think about that, I shudder. Just yeah. the fact that these two people met each other when my mother was a freshman. She was, they were doing that thing where they had, you know, young kids come to college early. Yeah. And so, um, I think she turned 17 that fall of it yeah but you know the bottom line is i picture myself at 16 i should not i there is no way that two years after that i was ready to marry somebody and have a kid but that's what they did and so i was born to these two students these kids yeah and they took care of me and they you know did the best they could with what they had and it was a volatile time in this country yeah so they both managed to become uh they were undergrads and then my dad went to medical school and then my mom went to medical school wow. and they you know raised me and my two sisters and it w- it's an extraordinary story in some ways it's like it's so improbable that you know people who weren't didn't have some of the same basic rights that we think of as you know like my mother I remember hearing this was the 80s that you had to have your husband sign in order for you to get a credit card Really? Yeah. It was a weird – I mean, it was not weird. The word I'm looking for is sexist It's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, and my dad, I remember the stories about, like, he wouldn't be shown the same homes as my mother if they were looking for a place to live, right, because redlining and stuff like that. So it's better to send your white-appearing half to – and I keep saying white-appearing because my mom – she's actually mixed. Mm-hmm. She just looks completely white. So um, I grew up with that experience of people saying, are you adopted? And, you know, like following us around. And it was really weird. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that's so disorienting about the time we're living in now is we're very much, you know, it's normal. All of my friends who are mixed, all of my, you know, the mixture in my family, it's so normal now. Um, and I don't want to suggest that racism has gone away because no. clearly it's, you know, a, a present character It's uh, always there. it's, it's always just, there it's always
0: it's hiding under the surface and then people come along and uh, allow people to feel that it's okay to bring it back
1: up. We I think you know? we've right and but I, I will say I feel like we've had a good long run when it was impolite like you you didn't want to look like that jerk. Who would say anything. Right. And now you can be, you can sig Heil in public and get, and it'll get you an interview on CNN.
0: But like humanively, maybe things would be better in a sense. Like I think about when I do castings for Mm -hmm. when I'm doing like commercials and stuff and they're like, we don't want an all white family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We don't want that. We want like this family of like the future. You Mm -hmm, know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like advertising sometimes is the way that like pushes things forward in in a certain way, you know? Yeah. And it's like th- these people are like, these- this is the kind of image we want to put out there. Yeah. Now, like, think about that like 20 years ago. That's you That's a I real –
1: and it's interesting because when I was a kid, like the idea of, you know, Kim Kardashian and Kanye – what the Fuck West mm. um, being, you know, smooching on the cover of a Condé publication. I think it's Condé But yeah. whatever, you know, that would have been unheard of. Like right. we used, we were so excited whenever there was a black and white couple on TV. It was like the Jeffersons. I think that was the limit of it, it was like there was a sitcom with a black and white couple on it. Yeah. And we'd like go glue ourselves to the TV. And now, you know... I think part, again, part of what feels like such cognitive dissonance is we have
3: come so far. We've gotten in, in to a certain, so, yeah. We've gotten to a yeah. certain
1: place in, you know, in many ways. My LGBTQ friends, you know, I'm an ally and it is, it would be unthinkable to not support, you know, LGBTQ rights unless you're... North Carolina, Arkansas, you know, like um, now I'm looking. Well, North Carolina
0: did repeal the bathroom deal. I know they repealed the
1: bathroom deal, but there was some kind of trade off or some kind of strange. Yeah, I I need to read it again, but there was some kind of awkward thing that happened where they repealed, but then there was some kind of, you know, deal that happened that was not useful for moving forward. And it was
0: one of the main reasons they repealed it was because of like consumer. 'Cause a pressure. lot of yeah, like a lot of economic pressure. Which is
1: great. And I but it shows I, 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 the
0: power to that kind of protest.
1: Yes. And so I guess what I'm hopeful for, I feel like I'm all over the place here, but no, no, I'm no. you know, this and it's cool for me to be doing this because I have I'm working I'm doing a podcast myself oh, with amazing. my friends. So maybe we'll have to do an exchange here. Yeah, I would love to. But so what I wanna do is let Bella talk because she's on Playdate is the name of the podcast because we get together and we play. Right and um i talk to the my friend whoever i'm interviewing but the characters are the ones who
4: really want to get in there and they're like oh, i have something to say So, hi guys, my name is Bella. I am like super pumped to be here right now. First of all, I just want to say that like it takes a lot to get Sarah Jones out of Manhattan. It's really (laughs) sad. Like she kind of like missed the wave that like the crest that helped people get to Brooklyn and like understand that like it's a more humane part of the city. But like, anyway, so I'm just super, super pumped to be here. And I'm a feminist, so it's super important to me that like you create a space for people to like understand. A safe space. A safe space that's like trigger free and microaggression free that like helps people understand that like you can be a feminist man. Like that's totally a thing. And like I just feel that like we have to right now like get really like close to each other in like the way that like we couldn't like, we had the luxury of being, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm just gonna, like, be over here in, like, my little silo of, like, my issues, and I'm just gonna, like, think about Planned Parenthood, like, all day, and I love Planned Parenthood, and I totally, like, have been an escort for people, like, near my college, where it was, like, a little bit sketch, like, conservative, Mm -hmm. but, like, now, like, I have to, like, be concerned even more than ever about, like reproductive rights are intersectional with like you know like Black Lives Matter which is intersectional with like immigrant rights which is intersectional with like LGBT like you know and I just feel that like in a way like totally don't think I'm crazy but I'm not saying this is a good thing at all but like if everyone has no choice but to like It's kind of like when the subway, like when it's so crowded that there's just nothing you can do but just like be pressed up against like all these other human beings and you're forced to just kind of like accept it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just like changes your day. Like yeah, totes, like you have to get off the train and like Purell yourself. But also like you had this moment of like just being one big mass of humanity. And I feel like right now we have to become like one big mass of like – WTF, like we have to do something about this. Let's all put all our might into all our issues at the same fucking time. Like so a, that could be good. Yeah, like a Rat King of WTF. Totes. <laughs> the, could I wear like a big Rat King like crown and be the like, the, like take off my glasses? Anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's Bella. And I, but you know, I really do think there's been a galvanizing of, I mean, I'm having conversations on Twitter you know, there's like a network of artists that I'm I'm in this like group and we're sharing articles and I'm like, I love that dude's movies. I love that woman's, you know, albums. I would never have put those two people into the same room, into the same conversation. And all of a sudden we're in the same room sharing the same information. The environmental articles are as relevant to everybody, you know, like Standing Rock is as relevant as... You know, like we're saying, you know, transgender rights is yes. as relevant as. And everybody has to understand that these are all our urgent pressing issues. Right. Like there's kind of no triage anymore. Everything is triage, like all at the same time. Yeah,
0: it, it, it completely. And it's just, uh, I think I think uh, we kind of got a little um, comfortable yeah. over the past like eight years. We're like, yeah, like we're moving. Yeah. We're moving forward. Yeah. You know, and yeah, there was like, you know, in that time there was a lot of, um, you know, all these issues started not that they weren't happening before, but it started becoming, like, national issues with, uh, you know, police brutality issues yeah. and just, yeah. um, you know, all with Black Lives Matter. And I think um, now we're just, like, everybody's got to wake up. Everybody's got to, like, get up off the couch. Everybody's got to stop, like, thinking, like, everything's all good.
5: Yeah, my dude, let me tell you something real quick. All right, first of all, my name is Vashi. I'm the first dude Savage Jones brought up in here. I know you were expecting a whole lot of ladies and everything, but... um. What I want to say is this right here. You right. People got to wake up. Some of us was born woke because we ain't had no choice. That's true. That's true. I know you feel me on yeah, that. Yeah, I do. If you done spent time in juvie already by the time your ass is, you know what I'm saying, 11 years old, 12 years old, they already suspending your ass. They already, you, you going to school with metal detectors and all that. They priming your ass for jail. Mm-hmm. you feel me, mm-hmm. and uh, stop and frisk, all that, that's, I mean, saying that's all day, every day growing up, you feel me, so it's kind of like, y'all catching up, y'all just got woke up, my alarm was mad earlier, you feel me, <laughs> and too. I feel like we all is like, um, you know, you go to the dentist, and he be like, oh, yeah, you all right, you know, you just got a little fake in the front. But we was like the t- teeth in the back that was hurting real bad. We been hurting real bad. But every time, every four years, America go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. And everybody up in the front is chilling. They like, oh, I'm the good teeth up in the front. The molars, the back molars, me, or the um, immigrants in their detention centers and whatnot, Mexicans and whatnot down in you know Texas and all that, getting treated mad. Yo, they be, I mean, they treat them like they treat us. You feel me? Yeah. And um, they was hurting all the whole time, right. but all of a sudden it's like we got that Obama crown. You feel me? In two thousand eight, I was happy, but mm-hmm. I'm saying it didn't it didn't help me not not really. I love my dude. I was proud, but it ain't changed my life or nothing. You feel me? And then um, this time we was supposed to go back and get the Hillary crown and hook up one more tooth. Like everything, like everything is still good. This time the dentist, my man, was like, "Yo." <laughs> Y'all need a root canal in your whole shit. The top, the bottom, all the technical terms for that shit, molars, whatever that Mm -hmm. shit is right there. Y'all need to open that shit up. You got abscesses and all type of fucked up shit in there. And it's going to hurt like hell for about four years, might be eight. And it costs a lot of
0: money to fix that too. It
5: costs a lot of money. Your shit's going to hurt and be all swole up. But at least you ain't going to keep going back to the dentist acting like your shit is tight. When for real, what you got is some shit that been festering since it's 1492 or some shit.
1: Yeah. Rashid is very opinionated; <laughs> he's very passionate about that. But I agree with him. We do, we we have needed a root canal yeah. for a long time, and we get most of the comfortable, you know, aspects of our society. Like you said, we end up on the couch. I think that I think that you know, Netflix and chilling. <laughs> I think that there's a lot
0: of people, too, that, like, agree with all of these issues, but I don't think they understand the depths of them and, like, you know, myself included, right? Like, I can remember my first time I took, like, uh, this is so stupid, but, like, I took a feminism class in college, right? Yeah. and. It was so weird because, like, without, there wasn't an explicit, like, light switch, but, like, I do remember, like, later, um, a couple of months after that, I was, like, with my little sister at the mall, and we were going to get her a toy, and I just remember, mm. you know, like, being at the toy store, and something as simple as being, like, why is this aisle just, like, pink? pink nothing and just nothing like, but blasting metallic in my face. pink
5: and sequins. And, and <laughs> I've
0: never seen that before, and yeah. obviously, it's, like, one of those things, like, yeah, of course, it's so fucking obvious, but it's, like, no. you know, I'm sorry, I'm not, like, I'm not, like... You know, my eyes aren't open to everything, yeah. and it comes from like an education process yes. that like never ends. Yes, but I think I think if the more that you can understand that, because there is also a level of embarrassment too, right? Of like people are embarrassed to admit it's painful. that they're wrong, that they're doing something that would be considered racist, a microaggression, whatever. Right. You know, because they're like, well, I could, I couldn't be racist. Right. Nobody
1: wants. I to don't,
0: care. I don't have a racist bone in my body. Right. But it's like there's things that happen. Right. That. You know, you just, you know, I can remember, like, you know, like, being a little kid and, like, driving around a certain neighborhood with my folks and my parents just, like, locking the door on the car. Yeah. And, like, I'm, you know, like, I'm
1: like, what the fuck? Yep.
0: You know when I look back on that. Right. You, you know can, and I'm a, I'm sorry if you guys hear this. I know you're going to listen to it, but like <laughs> Hi, that was it's a little it's okay. It was okay.
1: <laughs> We're all in process. By the way, my parents would also lock the doors. My dad, so we had a car with MD license plates on it. Yeah. My, my parents are doctors. People would always people White cops would always think my father had stolen his own car because he's a black man driving a car with MD tags. So he had this like routine. And I remember how much the car and the places we went, this sort of, you know, this uh, metaphor of mobility, depending on where we were, we were driving through the landscape of like American racism, American classism, like all that stuff is there. And then I want to push a little further and say, you don't have to say sorry I didn't realize everything was pink. Why would you know that? Why would you ever notice that? This society... That's our guilt. That's our guilt. And and I have to say, like this is going to sound... I don't know how it's going to sound, but maybe I'll let somebody else say it and she'll explain it a little bit better. Okay. So I want to say, first of all, my name is Nereda and I am, I don't know if I would call myself a feminista or whatever. I like this Latinx thing because I think it gives a lot more room for like people who, you know, they don't necessarily identify as this or that or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like me being Dominican, first of all, I'm half Dominican, half Puerto Rican, all proud. But the thing about (laughs) it is that, you know, like these things, they really do matter. Like, You know, somebody locking their door or like, you know, Mrs. Blanquita on the elevator or whatever, she assumes I'm cleaning in the building and all of this kind of stuff. That happens every day. And I bring it up because like this society, it needs to be like that. They need us to clean their stuff. They need a a society that they say, Oh, freedom, y todo el mundo, you know, anybody can, can go up the ladder, blah blah. Bullshit because if you if everybody is on the top of the ladder who's going to be on the bottom holding up the the top ones right, you know that's what how i mean that's how it works yeah, yeah. so for me like what i really want to say about that is that we just have to get honest Por favor like if 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 you're enjoying your privilege at least own that shit like you're benefiting from the fact that my whole neighborhood, like a lot of people contributing into Social Security, they never get it back. And then we get accused of being the ones who are like making the society worse. That's crazy right there. So I just feel like honesty. We don't live in a culture that wants to be honest. And that actually makes money which makes me so sad. If you're like really starting to get to your feelings and all of that shit like that, you're not going to go out and have a shop opportunity. You're going to be like focused at home and be like, oh shit, it's not really about the externals anyway. Like I need to get my shit together right. and like be a better person. A new purse is not going to make you a better person. Oh, that's funny like that. purse person. <laughs> but you know, like... People, if you're in advertising, you don't want people like being introspective and getting together and like, you know, having people's movements and stuff like that. That doesn't sell, you know, cappuccinos and all that shit that they want you to buy for $7 a a glass and they want me to make it. And then when I spell your name wrong on the side of the cup, then you get all hissy fit with me. You know what? I spell your name the best I can. My name is Nereda. People are calling me, you know, Narnia and all that shit. I'm just giving it back to you like I got it. Okay, she's a little bit upset too today. Everybody's feeling it today. But I like her point that... You know, we do live in a culture that has a vested interest in people being alienated from each other and themselves at a certain level. Of
0: course, because if we keep everybody apart, you can't like unite and be powerful
1: like to come together. Pretty like, much, you know, divide and conquer. And and I have to say, like, are we in that place that's like too big to fail, right? Here I am. Like, I'm on your podcast. It's awesome. I'm about to do my podcast. I yeah. like, I do, I have a vested interest in being able to get my ideas out there into a marketplace that, you know, allows them to spread in a particular way. It's awesome, right? That I, you know, I got to go on Seth Meyers. Yay. But it's on my NBC. Mm. You know, like, it's kind of like, how do we navigate this world that has market? and you know branding as a part of it when we want our ideas out there you know what i mean
0: i still have like my new jersey like punk scene ethics like coursing (laughs) through my body you know what i mean like you know food not bombs yes like all like you know going to punk shows in high school and like you know there's always like the pita table like showing like the animal cruelty videos and stuff like that's in me and like i direct commercials right you know totally but but like the thing is i feel like what I can do with that opportunity mm-hmm. is, like, put, like, I can, in, I, I, like, that DNA is in me, and mm-hmm. I feel like I bring that to the kinds of stories I tell. Like, I won't take a project unless there's, like, a way for me to do it the only way that I know how. Right. Right? So it's, like, that kind of way where... And if, uh, an analogy I'll use is like when you see people like Spike Lee or Kevin Smith using mm-hmm. Kickstarter to mm-hmm, fund mm-hmm, a movie, mm-hmm. they can fund a movie on Kickstarter because they use the system to create a name for themselves. Yes, they did. Right. Like this, the nobody is going to have a lot harder time funding their movie. Right. But like since they use the system. Right. They have they have been created so
1: like once you get in that position of power, like you
0: can play the system against itself. Right.
1: I mean, George you know? Clooney is one of my favorite examples. I mean, some of the most radical yeah. filmmaking ideas come out of this person who you know represents the establishment in right. a huge power. Couldn't way. be like a
0: bigger movie star. Couldn't be a
1: bigger movie star and has parlayed that into you know a creative engine for yeah. dissident ideas basically. I mean, yeah. Even like Brad. Look at Brad Pitt's coming like Plan yeah. B. Yeah. You know? Plan B. Totally. But I will say this. The moment we're in now, it, I do think it is unprecedented. <laughs> Love that word. That's the one of best. my favorites. Dear God, found poetry. That's what he's good for. Um, but like, I it is challenging for. I mean, I'll speak for myself. Like, I want to reach the maximum number of people with my ideas, the maximum number of people who want to receive them, and it is... It is challenging to sort of, I hear you, I'm Gary. To, that's,
0: that's Gary Gary's snoring like, don't sell snoring.
1: out. <laughs> don't sell out. Um, He's right. That's so funny. I there's, So I have a Native American character named Gary. Oh, really? Yes. And he-
3: <laughs> my name is Gary Weaselhead. I love the sound of a sleeping, four-legged brother over there. Uh, but I'm uh, half Lakota and I'm a uh, member of the Blackfeet Nation, and I met Sarah Jones uh, years ago now, maybe 10 more, ten or more years ago. Uh, we were talking about the native, the issues on reservations, uh, Pine Ridge Reservation in particular, and to now find that Standing Rock has a national profile. You know, we've been at 85% unemployment on the Pine Ridge Reservation since I was a kid growing up. Uh, We've been living in a way that reflects the colonial uh, behaviors of the United States all my life. And I think what people don't realize is, it may sound simple, but if you build your empire, you can call it a city on a hill, but it's still an empire if you don't uh, reconcile what you've really done Look at all the names. When you get on a bridge here, you're, you're driving to Manhattan. Uh, we have names Parsippany, uh, Paramus. These are tribal names. This country loves to uh, hold on to the convenient nostalgic parts that it uh, doesn't have to pay for. Uh, but it doesn't want to acknowledge that as long as you're on stolen land, Uh, We're maybe the most extreme example of how America treats uh, the very people who tried to welcome it. Uh, But I think you're starting to see that if you don't really make peace and uh, ask for forgiveness, make amends for what you've done, uh, you'll continue to... uh, Well, you'll continue to commit a kind of incremental suicide. That's what I see America doing to itself now. And uh, I hope they wake up. I really do. There are good people, uh, but there's a price to be paid for uh, making your empire on the bones of uh, the people who tried to to offer you uh, a refuge.
0: So it's, it's karma in a way.
1: I don't know if he would say it's karma. He'd That's wrong, Indian. <laughs> no, I think what he'd say is it's just energy. It's energy? This is just, you know, there, there's a if the, if we if if you believe in a great spirit or if you just call it the universe, there's some kind of rhythm to, you know, generation upon generation of people finding their way here for one political reason or another. Yeah. And then trying to create this in, this really unfathomable experiment where different cultures find some sort of harmonious way of you know interacting and flourishing, and I think the problem is we got the story very um, we have an, a selective amnesia about our past, mm-hmm. and we're we love to talk about the Greatest Generation. Nobody wants to talk about um our meddling in you know nobody wants to talk about american foreign policy that's not sexy we like the part where we go and help everybody yeah we don't like the part where we have military bases covering the globe influencing um, elections influencing around the election. world i mean in a way russia's just like hey how you like it yeah you know because it's what we do everywhere yeah um my, it's tricky
0: my birth father is a hunter and he's a, he like he only hunts what he eats like it's not for sport mm-hmm. and he hunts with a bow and arrow mm-hmm. and he's somebody wow. i consider is like very in touch wow He like, you know, like he'll, like, you know, he'll hunt, like, you know, a couple of deer a year and then, like, live off of that for the entire year, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever had venison, but it is delicious. It is delicious. I have had it. He's somebody who I'd say is pretty in touch with, like, you know, the thing about hunting is, like, and especially deer hunting, it's a very Zen practice. You climb up in a tree and you're in the woods by yourself, not making a sound for, like, 10 hours. So, you know, I. I, I, I think, think about, you can go to
2: Kripalu <laughs> or you can hunt yourself a deer.
0: Yeah. It's up to you. I, I think about Well, you know, it's, I mean, the, he's not doing it for that, no. but he's getting the effect of that yes. unintentionally.
1: But, and I, when it's so funny that you say unintentionally, because I would argue that that's, it, that's what you, the universe intends, right? right? Like, right. you're not supposed to go to Whole Foods and stand <laughs> on a line like, picking out, you know, packages of flesh yeah. that somebody else chopped up and put into something so that you... Little kids going, it's just born there. Yeah. You know, that's not where meat comes from. And anyway, but you were saying... Oh
0: no, oh, no, what he always... What he said to me, I'll never forget this. He says, like, he's just like, man, like, Mother Earth, she's just, like, trying to shake us off. Mm. She's we've done too much. Yeah. There's too much. Like, and she's like, he's just trying to get rid of us, you know?
1: That's so funny <sighs> that he said that. I, I... I really I remember hearing maybe it was Kurt Vonnegut say something similar that like it's trying to slough us. like the, yeah. he got really
2: specific with like
1: we're we're being exfoliated yeah um, and you know from a big pic- picture standpoint you know I'm. I'm aware from researching different pieces that I've written you know recently I wrote this piece sell by date it's, yes it's about um, it's ostensibly about sex trafficking it's mm-hmm. really about human beings and this conversation that we're having now and the multiplicity of it all and that you know whether we call it identity politics or we just call it the reality of being you know yeah, a I- pluralist society we are we're we are a shit NATO right now as my friend calls it like we, <laughs> have to stop this fucking behavior fish and birds are filled with plastic yeah you, you know it's it's creepy and and yet you know here i am i didn't knit this sweater right like i am probably contributing to the problem on some level i try as best i can you know i eat I only eat meat when I know where it's where right. it's come from and when it's a very specialized situation where the person kind of knows the farmer, blah blah. And that probably makes me sound like an asshole. Like but it
0: shouldn't, but like you're
1: saying like you shouldn't have to apologize right. for that. I'm you shouldn't so have to sorry. say that like, it makes
0: you sound like an asshole because right. it doesn't. Like that's what everybody should be doing. Right. You know? Right. And
1: and in a way, that's what people once did, right? You had a yeah. chicken in your backyard yeah. and you went and you got eggs from that chicken yeah. and you grew vegetables in your little vegetable patch. I mean, this is this, you know, turn of the last century into this century, this is a unique new moment of like blind consumerism that has just turned us from human beings into some other thing. I mean, here's what I'll say. We are human beings, of course, underneath the layers of social media and, you know, consumption and all of the other stuff that, I mean, I don't even know what my brain, if you could image my brain when I haven't looked at my phone in five minutes, I'm afraid of, you know, the lack of dopamine and that I can't wait to get on Instagram and see who likes me. I know. Like, this is where we are, and I guess we just get to keep finding out what happens when you take people who used to be able to, like, run around with their chicken and every little kid knew, like, okay, I'm going to gather eggs, this is where my breakfast came from. To like, mom, can I have a hot pocket? Like right. that, you know, It's it just shifts your relationship to, to everything, to reality, to the earth. It's, it, it's a lot easier to fill your fish full of plastic right. when you don't have any relationship, connection to it, to fishing, yeah. right.